Morning, everybody. The, uh, Rusty is not 100% just yet, so the, uh, he went to the well again and maybe one too many times, but we'll give it a go. I, the, uh, I said, yeah, Rusty, no problem. It's not really going to be me. It'll be all of you. So, the, uh, But today I wanted to talk about um, how to walk by the Spirit. Dave, I see you with Carl and Kate. and Dave Altoff and I, we, we've chased Jesus probably for 15 years. And if you've ever sat in a study with Dave, what, one question always comes up, I'd back me up, was, but how do you do this, right? It's like, how do you walk by the Spirit? And it's a great question. And it's really, it's, I think it just carries out the, the, the great news of the gospel. If gospel means good news, what's the good news? And, you know, we talked a little last week about forgiveness, and don't stop there. I mean, there, there, a lot of Christians never get there. I mean, if, if you get forgiveness, that's fantastic. But it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. So don't stop at forgiveness. There's more. But really, you know, Dave, I was thinking about you a lot, just throwing this together, is the process. It's about the process. Walking by the Spirit is the process in the moment. Right? It's not the past. It's not the future. It's about right now. And I think a lot of times we can get distracted by, oh, don't screw this up. Don't mess this up. We lose focus on the moment. And that's where I really, there's just a, a, about five things I want to touch on today. And I promise I will the, uh, ask some of you to speak. Last week, Al Coslo is my witness. The, uh, the Jan Tooley came up to me and she put her finger in my face. She said, don't you ever, ever call on me. <laughs> Ever. For sweet, sweet Jan, the church lady, was going to take me out last Sunday if I called on her. So, the uh, Jim, if you would put up that first verse, this is, um, I've said this before, there's many people that I anchor verses to. This is a verse I've anchored to my friend Al Coslo. It's one, it's a familiar one. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus talked about birth, he was talking about a spiritual birth. And this is the first point I want to make. Your birth is what determines your identity, not your performance, right? Just know that your birth determines your identity. When Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about being born again, Nicodemus' mind was blown. This idea about being born again, remember the questions he's asking, like, how do I do that? Or how, how can I be born again? If you are in Christ, you've been born again. You do have a new identity. And I can assure you this, your identity does not flow. You are in Christ. You are sealed and safe. So there's more than forgiveness. There's so much more than forgiveness, right? You've been born into this new spiritual life. So the next verse up... John, if you'd put up the um, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. And see, the new has come. You're a new creation. You're not who you were. You've been born again. You're a brand new creation. You have been equipped to walk by the Spirit. You're free to walk by the Spirit. It's the most natural thing that you do. At your core, at your core, this is exactly what you want to do.
So the idea of, of your birth is something that, again, the ramifications of you accepting Christ are enormous. I don't know when that happened for each of you. Some of you might know the moment it happened. For a lot of you, it might have been a process. I would tell you for me, it was, you know, I, I think some of you probably heard some of my testimony. The second time I got arrested in college, I was social chairman of a frat house. I was a maniac. The uh, just, you could feel the hell, the heat coming off a of hell's door. I happened to have two roommates that were Christian men. And they, after this, I was just really down. They said, you know, you should talk to the guy from Campus Crusade. He came by, went over that track. Many of you have seen the four spiritual laws. I remember when that happened. It doesn't matter that you know, remember the exact day. And if you've not yet ever really put a stake in the ground about you are in Christ, do that today. I'm not looking for a notch or anything. Do it on your own. Make today the day you make that declaration for yourself that, yes, I just, I'm just going to make it official. That I don't know when, but I, I, this is, I'm in this thing. You're in Christ, and Christ is in you. That second verse, that Second uh, Corinthians 5.21, Jimmy put that up. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You are righteous. You are righteous. And again, your righteousness does not hinge on your behavior. It does not. It has to do with your birth. And if you've been born again, you're in Christ, and you have the righteousness of God. I saw a, a, a quote this week from... Um, from an author, a Christian author, I'm not. I'm just not a big fan. Um, but bad theology, there's fallout. There's consequences from bad theology, and I think it's good to talk to other Christians about this. Is how I see. This is how I view this. Am I seeing this right? It's good to be around others. Do not be afraid to tear things apart. Jeremy Chastain has said this to me a few times recently is Jared said that he thinks a lot of Christians are afraid to question because they think it puts their, maybe even their salvation in question. And I can assure you, God is not afraid of you digging in. Dig in, pull it apart, question it. The deeper you go, I think your foundation's only going to become even more solid. Do not be afraid to, to, to pull this apart. The second thing I want to bring up is about accountability. This world system or classic Christian accountability, I would tell you this, I don't think it's working. And I don't think it was intended to be the way that we're trying to do it. Accountability to behave properly without the spirit involved you're really just moving from one branch to the other of the wrong tree. And the Jim, can you put up that verse up there? And the Lord God commanded, you are to eat. You, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden. Does that finish out? I'm sorry. And then, is that where that? Okay. 
down that, finish that. I'm sorry, Jim. Yeah, and then 17, uh, oh, great, okay. And it continues on, but you must not eat. That's right. Jim, I got it. I'll just read it right here. The uh, 17 goes on to say, but, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you surely will die. How many laws did Adam and Eve have? How many? One. <laughs> Don't eat of that tree. How'd they do with that one law? Not very good. And when I was looking at this verse, I thought, man, you've got one law and you've got one accountability partner and that one accountability partner is God the Father. <laughs> and he said, don't eat of that tree and he didn't do it. They couldn't care. They couldn't do it. They always say just one thing, just don't eat of that tree. And then they died. And then keep in mind that, remember, Adam and Eve were created. We've all been procreated into this world. right? Adam and Eve were created perfectly. And then they fell. And then they had children in their image. And then that just has continued on. You're born into this world in Adam. You are then born again to be in Christ. You are now in Christ. The idea of accountability to me is very, very different. I want to come alongside you. I want you to come alongside me and encourage me to walk by the Spirit. Don't condemn me for behavior. I know, I know it's not working. I don't like it. I, right, we all have issues that we struggle with. I know that. We all do, myself included. And mine are not better than worse than yours. We've all got, there's all different variations of flesh. And flesh is a funny word in Scripture. And I, I would tell you, I've got this odd thought. I don't really have anything to back up this thought of, of what I have on flesh. But if you go back 2,000 years ago, I'm not sure they understood the, the, the human body to the extent we do now. And when I think of flesh, one of the definitions of flesh is, what is it that fires that dopamine in your system? What is it? Right? Is it, is it greed? Is it power? <clears throat> is it lust? Is it um, drugs? Is it gambling? Is it out? There's a whole, I mean, it's just the list goes on and on and on. What is it that fires that chemical in your brain? I think that's what people get addicted to because what those things do to them. And that chemical is flesh. That is something I don't think I'll have dopamine when I get to heaven or when I pass from this life, I should say. But it is. Dopamine, it's, it, it, it makes people do crazy things. And you can see, everybody's got something else that makes that dopamine fire. But encourage people to live. And I think that's where, again, you know, I, I think the... Um, I, I bring up the two trees probably too much. I'm sure it's too much. But you have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Give people life to move to. 
I, I golf with a few guys. They're Christian guys, and one of them just—he's just got a horrible mouth. Last Saturday in a church outing, he he just went off in a Nazarene church outing of all things, a Nazarene church outing. He went off the handle. Well, his solution is not to not talk like that, act like that, curse like that. His solution is to live. But in Christianity, what do we want to do? I want to get you from this evil branch over to a good branch. There's, it's, there's no power in that tree. There's no power in that tree. What's in that tree is condemnation. And I've seen this guy. He gets down that path. We've all done it, right? I snap at Kyrus. Once I get down that path of anger, it's hard to come back. It's like, oh, you'd be a hypocrite if you act contrary to your emotions and where they're taking you right now. No, you're not. You're a hypocrite when you act contrary to your spirit. So it happens, right? Well, let's all be an encouragement to one another. A verse that goes along with this is uh, John fourteen six. Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The tree of life. Jesus, I'm, I'm the life. He'll not give you any temptation that, that you know, is too great to overcome. He'll give you a way of escape. He said, I'm the way. He's the way of escape. He's the truth. He's life. God's glorified through your life as you walk by the Spirit. And to God be all the glory. Danny, what did you say to me before I came up here today? Walk by the Spirit. What does Katie Ann say to Brittany when she leaves? Beast. <laughs> so it is. It's a good salutation. It's a good greeting. It's, you know, walk by the Spirit. The, uh, this, this quote that I saw this past week, and, and this is where um, the bad theology has consequences. And this, this quote that I saw, it said, um, when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. I just, I just don't. Positional truth is crippling the church. It's crippling the church. God's looking right at you. He's looking right at you. And praise Jesus for that fact. But He is looking at you. You are in Christ. He is in you. But these theologies that get thought up, be very leery. Just dig it out. Look look on your own. And draw the context on your own. You know, this verse, it's John 3, uh, I'm sorry, it's 1 Corinthians uh, 3.16. Let yourselves know that you are God's temple and the Spirit of God lives in you. God didn't take up residence within you to be dazzled by your performance. That didn't happen. He took up residence inside you so that you could have life abundant through him. 
Jesus said, I came that they'd have life and have it abundantly. And I've just met so few Christian folks that enjoy an abundant life. The ones I do, many of you are here right now. And I was talking to Mike about this this week, that you can't have enough friends in your life who know who they are in Christ. Because your friendship is just rooted in something deeper. I grew up here in town. I've got, I mean, I've got friends for decades and decades. I've got deeper friendships with many of you sitting right here. Because what our friendship is anchored in is deeper. That, that idea of accountability, of trying to get people to change behavior, get people to live. I, I know we're going to screw up at times, but the answer is life. Right? So, the third point here, this is a big one. And I, this is, um, the third point I'll bring up is that there's not a civil war going on inside you. I know at times it feels like that. This is where this positional truth can sometimes really throw people awry. There's not a civil war going on inside you. You do have a free will. And many of you have heard this before. You've heard Rusty teach about this. Maybe you heard Bob teach about this years ago. There's a battle that goes on. There's free will. There's choices. Blue, if you, when you hear that, there's not a civil war going on in your mind. How would you articulate that concept to somebody? Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. You have a relationship with a God who said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. We... St- no, that's good, Blue. That's good. The, uh... And remember, your emotions are not always accurate. Sometimes your emotions do not line up with truth. Nothing wrong with your emotions, but your emotions, they're almost like an indicator light on your dashboard. You don't drive by staring at the indicator, at, the, at, your, at your gauges. Right? You look, you look, you watch. And... Two, one thing I, I, I've found to be crippling is perfectionism. Dale Speckman, you're a perfectionist. Dale, <laughs> 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 
But there is a battle in your mind that perfection, whether it's in your music, you're, you're performing music, you're a professional athlete, perfection really was, um, that, that banged around in your head a lot. And when things didn't go, when your circumstance didn't go that way, that's difficult, right? And how, you, how do you deal with that, those thoughts now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Amen. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and whether it's, it's perfectionism, condemnation, that some of us, we probably have a, a inclination to lean one way or the other. Neither one, the, neither one are, 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 are going to benefit you. You know, walk by the Spirit. That's what we're called to do. And then God's glorified through our lives. The fourth thing I wanted to bring up, and this is, um, Jim, can you bring up Matthew fifteen twenty four? I think it's maybe a couple uh, verses down from where we were. I'm sorry. Okay. The... Uh, but this is the you will find that this scripture makes a lot more sense than the theologies that we've heard, maybe we've created on our own. But you know, Luke mentioned earlier about studying scripture from a Jewish perspective. I think that this is interesting. When Jesus said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The fourth point I want to bring up is this where does the new covenant begin? If this book is going to make sense, you have to know where does the new covenant begin. And Ed Hen said this in study years ago. He said, I realize that the cross was a hinge. It's a great word. It's a great description. There's a hinge in there. It's not Christmas. It's not Matthew 1.1. And I'll tell you this. If you get stuck in the red letters, you're going to get stuck in condemnation. Jesus didn't come for the Irish. He sure didn't come for the Germans, Finn. We know that for sure. <laughs> he said he came for the, lost, for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This can bring flavor to the Bible. I'm telling you, I, I would say this. What I found in the Bible is far better than anything Shakespeare or any author has ever written. With multiple authors, how this whole thing harmonizes. And there's callbacks all over. I mean, just the cross-references are just mind-blowing from multiple authors. And I love hearing atheists try to tear it apart because they never get the context. They never met Ed Hens. They never heard the idea of where's this thing hinge? How do you make sense of this? 
When do the tense of the verbs change? What are you talking about? You might have grown up your whole life saying the Lord's Prayer, right? You get stuck in the Lord's Prayer and you're like, you think you're just stuck in a loop of of asking for forgiveness. Well, if you can't move on from there, you're going to get stuck in Matthew chapter 5 or 6. Context matters. Theologies do matter. We all do have theologies. Every person on this planet, they'll say, well, I'm not a theologian, but every person on this planet, you ask them, where'd you come from? You ask them about creation, origin, destiny, morality. Everybody's got an opinion about that. Those are theologies. And some people have some odd ones. Most of them are just created on their own. But everybody, everybody has their own theologies. All around the world, they have their own. And that's where, again, I I do think it's good. Just be careful with your, you know, with your theologies and who you're listening to, but be be comfortable to, to talk to others and to question. When we talk about where does the new covenant begin, this is something that, that I, I like this analogy. It makes sense to me if you're a historian or a, a, a lover of America. When was the Declaration of Independence? What was the day? What was the year? Luke, you got to know this one. There you go. July 4th, 1776 was our Declaration of Independence from England. Do we still hold ourselves accountable to the laws of England today in 2022? No, of course not. It's ridiculous. Because in 1776, we declared independence from England. Okay, follow me here. Why as Christians are we still putting ourselves under Jewish law? When did the Old Covenant end? The Old Covenant is not going on right now. And many of you here are not Jewish. When did the Old Covenant end? And this is, a, this is difficult. We can talk about this. I, don't, I, don't, I might step on toes when I say this. The Ten Commandments were not given to you. Probably not given to your ancestors either. And you don't get to cherry pick which of the 613 Levitical laws that were given to Moses. You don't get to cherry pick which ones. Those laws were given to Israel. They were not given to you. That context will help you make sense of the Bible. The Bible's unbelievable. But when you meatball this whole thing together, it's not logical at all. And how many hoops people have to jump through to try to justify? You can't match up what Jesus says in chapter 6 of Matthew with anything Paul's writing. You can't do it. There was a guy years ago, his name was Charles Templeton. He was like the Billy Graham of Canada. And he was being interviewed and the uh, what was the gentleman's name? He wrote the books, The Case for Christ. Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel was interviewing Charles Templeton. Charles Templeton, he was the evangelist of Canada. He wound up chucking his faith. He became a self-described intellectual. And he became the hero in atheism. And he wrote something called the Skeptic's Bible. And he would constantly show points. Here's Paul contradicting Jesus here. Here's Peter contradicting Jesus here. Here's John contradicting, and first John contradicting Jesus here. This guy was the Billy Graham of Canada. 
He had no context. He never met Ed Hens. He had no idea of putting this book in context. I looked through that book. It was the most ridiculous, simple thing to tear apart. It doesn't even take a decoder ring you got out of your cereal box. It just takes some thinking and some discernment. When does it begin? This guy never saw it, and his intellectualism took, got the best of him. And at this end of this interview with Lee Strobel, here's this celebrated atheist living on his own near the end of his life. His eyes start welling up with tears. And Lee Strobel says to me, he goes, at the end of the interview, he goes, I got to ask you, why are you crying? And Templeton goes, I miss Jesus. I miss Jesus. Man, I bet. I bet you do. You've gone down that path of just chasing intellectual information. There's nothing there. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's the truth. He's the absolute truth. He's the one that will set you free. He's the one that will get us into this life abundant. And praise God that that's even available to us. But whenever that was that you accepted Christ, right, that was your declaration of dependence. And do you see the difference in the words there? It wasn't your declaration of independence. It was your declaration of dependence. Big difference. This Christian life is a life of dependence. You're living by the life of another. God is glorified through your lives. I've seen it, many of you sitting right here. We're not talking behaviorism. We're not talking good and evil. We're talking life. If anybody's encouraging you to try to be more disciplined, it's like, no, be more dependent upon him. And praise God for the victories, big victories, small victories in our lives. Just let those stack up through the day. And when we mess up, just remember, you have a father who you, you're forgiven. He's good. He's, he's there for you. His name is I am. The fifth last point I want to say is this, is that wherever you've struggled, wherever you've been hurt, you can minister to others. There's a great verse in Romans, Romans 8.28, um, if we have, I'm sure many of you know this verse. Know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Are there things that you beat yourself up about your past? You have anxiety about the future? Are there addictions that you're struggling with or you have struggled with or you, you know, have you lost a loved one close to you? Have you grieved? There is a ministry for every single one of us. There's a calling on all of our lives. And I believe that calling is probably in an area where you too have hurt or struggled. 
there are people out there that can use your encouragement. They will come your way. But just as we talked last week, don't be wallowing in your own guilt. Don't be wallowing in your own shame. Be aware. Be on the lookout for others. I think that you will be greatly encouraged as you encourage others. Closing is this. It's the process. Process, process, process. It's about the process. It's about now. I am dwells within you. The Spirit is your process. The Spirit is your process. Jim, if you could put up this last verse. In Galatians, it's a familiar one. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You cannot isolate any one of those. I think Christianity, too often we're trying to isolate self-control. This is the fruit of the Spirit. You get these collectively. You encourage others to live. Remind others that the Spirit is their process in their life. We'll give them the words to say, the deeds to do, the energy to carry it out. God is glorified through your life. And we enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. As you've heard me say before, there's a counterfeit to every single one of them. Right? Counterfeit to love is lust. Counterfeit to that peace is some type of world peace or just, you know, nirvana here, utopia on a, No, peace in our minds. The peace that passes all understanding. The fruit of the Spirit, you get all of this collectively as you walk by the Spirit. So how do we do this? Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. And know yourself. The... I had addiction in my family, and something my dad used to say to is to your own self be true. Know yourself. Know your own weaknesses. Know what you're susceptible to. Right? It's okay. It's just an awareness. And be aware of others, too, that might come along that might be hurting as well. You be a light to the world. The light of the world dwells within you. And he wants to express himself to the world through your personality. It might be a small group, big group, large group. It doesn't. Whatever it might be. There is a calling on your life. And through your soul, your personality, God will illumine you. And others will be curious. Like Dale was talking about in that song. See something in them. I see something in them. Bob Warren used to to say, you see one person walk by the Spirit, you'll never get over it. You just see one person walk by the Spirit, you'll know they didn't pay for it. And they've got something that that you don't don't have, and you want to know how they got it. 
and there's no hierarchy in this thing, right? <laughs> there's right in the denomination I grew up in, the, whatever you were in the order, you had a different size hat, and it, men love hats, right? Remember from the eighties, there was a band called Men. Was it Men Men Without Hats? And I mean, it's men love hats. They love a hierarchy. There's no hierarchy in this thing. There's no hierarchy in our sins. There's no hierarchy in the body of Christ. We're all in this together. In this big foxhole, right? There's times some of us are distracted or discouraged. Be a good foxhole friend to those around you. Be aware. Be on the lookout. And if you need encouragement, man, by all means, I would love to encourage you. I know a lot of people here too that would love to encourage you. You cannot have enough friends who know who they are in Christ. You cannot. The most safe and secure place that you'll go is with them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. The, uh, thank you for the rain. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for taking up residence within us. Lord, I pray that we all just come to a further understanding of what it means to live by your life. Just like Blue said, I hope we all just continue to get better and better and better at this. And we all just enjoy your the fruit of the Spirit. And Lord, I just pray that you are glorified through our lives. We are grateful for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.